got a question for y'all. When did the good showing mentality start in wrestling? So, like, I'm starting to see this a lot. You saw it with Carmelo Hayes when he was on Raw that time. I think he lost to Finn or Seth, whoever he was in the ring with. We're seeing it now with Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks cuts a promo on Collision last night, and you would think he was the winner of the strap match and not Brian Danielson. We've seen it with Nick Wayne consistently, uh, Commander, Caden, and Katana on WWE. Has this always been a thing, and I've just missed it, where we treat losses like they're wins because it's a quote-unquote good showing? Or this is new, right? Now that you say it like that, because I was wondering what you mean by the good showing. Man, I don't know. Isn't I think it might have been going on forever. Isn't it like the sign of a good guy or a good gal? Even though I lost, I still won the respect of somebody. Or you mean like you know what I mean? Yeah, but then you don't get pushed for that, right? Like if you lost, it's like okay, you lost in a valiant effort. So still back of the line, or you know what I mean? But like now it seems like oh, if, if you look good in the ring, that's just as good as winning. And it's not. Hell, look at Commander yeah. and Gravity. Right? Fuck gravity. He was on collision again, lost. <laughs> they talk about these guys when they show up like they're undefeated. But they haven't won anything. The the good showing part, I remember with Caden and Katana, it was because it was their debut match on the main card as a tag team. So for me, I can see I remember me saying, Well, at least they didn't get completely squashed. They lost their debut match, but at least they looked good in the ring. I guess you sprinkle that from here and pluck this from there. You look at it in totality this year, we probably had, like you said, five or six different good showings. Yeah. This is this is happening for like hundreds of years, Matt. Can you think of another example of somebody who's higher on the card? So I ain't talking about Barry Horowitz. I'm talking like legit higher mid to upper card where that happens. Um, well, before I answer your question, I, I will say that I think that a lot of this is prompted from AEW. AEW, this is like their thing to do is to showcase a great match and the winner looked great in defeat. That's like, that's like their thing. But I, yeah, I, I think Stone Cold, I think the famous Stone Cold passing out from the sharpshooter, you know, however long ago that was, mm-hmm. you know, from there, he ascended to, you know, being one of the greatest superstars and, WWE history in the in the world, right? Um, I think there's probably a host of scenarios where somebody looked good in defeat and it propelled them to superstardom. Um, the first one I think of is, is Stone Cold, but I'm sure there's countless others. Okay, well, yeah, the Austin one for sure. Like, but like that was that's one of those you don't have to, you know when to get over so i get that but i wouldn't put the stone cold thing in the same breath as nick wayne <laughs> commander uh hell maybe even with me the ricky starks one may propel him for sure yeah yeah but yeah there was just something situation that i'm just ricky. seeing a lot and i'm just like man when did this start like it's got to go somewhere if it's the story that they lost and that's part of it cool but you can't be like oh and five out of your last five matches and then you hype this person up as if they're undefeated. So let me pick like your brain it. on something. Do you think it's lazy booking? 
because mm, you no, know I that the talent's good. They're going to go in the ring. So you're going to lose, go out there and still show out. And then that way you won't look as bad because you still had a great match. Uh, I don't think it's lazy. I think it's a lack of protection of talent at times. Got it. Uh, and I, I keep, I go back to Kaden and Katana. They are by far the best female tag team in WWE. Tag team. I mean, they're a, t- not even close. a tag team. Right? Not even close. Mm-hmm. Don't have them out there losing in three minutes. That doesn't make sense. Build them up. I'm not saying give them the titles right now, but build them up. Build them up properly. If you Wait, if, play, I, if I remember, what, you, didn't they go against Shayna and Ronda in that match? And whoever they went against, I remember no, I it was a great showing. against the tag champs. Right, but I, I thought it was. Have, no, I'm saying no, that's since they changed the belt over. Oh, oh, got well, it, got it. Well, you know, they've been losing to the tag champions every time. It's not like they're losing to scrubs out there. They're, you know, wrestling to quote unquote the best of the best. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the, and see, but what's happening with them and their losses is that, you know, from a fan standpoint, we're saying they look great in their defeat or they had a, a, a great match. But I don't know if the company is going out of the way to portray them as like, oh my gosh, they had this breakout moment. I think. Part of this discussion stems from AEW's continuous reliance upon that. That's that's mm-hmm. what the show is. It's, that show is about great matches. So that's what they do. They put on these fantastic matches, right? Where at the end of the day, maybe the win and the loss doesn't really matter, right? It's about it's about the match and getting to the next thing. So when you look at AR Fox, you know, wrestling John Moxley, like right, like at the end of the day, like there was no one else that could answer that challenge. Let's know like AR Fox is the guy. He's there's no one else that can answer that. He's the, he was the guy, right? He was like everybody was no what happened? Everyone ran down to Gorilla. AR Fox was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Respect. I'm going out there. They was like, you know what, Fox, you deserve it, man. Oh, Go yeah, ahead. And everybody clapped, like, yeah. But you know, Fox, Fox, Fox. And he went out there and he did his thing. That's what I'm imagining in my mind. I'm filling in the blanks. Like, why is AR Fox the only person answering this in, in that, that call? So I was okay with that, right? But at the end of the match, what do we got? Like, wow, golly, AR Fox, he he survived Moxley. He 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 had a great match. A great match with Moxley, right? So and then they raise his hand at the end, right? But that's what you do because he it was a valiant effort. And we do a lot of that. Yeah, and and I think too, and we'll we we have some AEW things. We'll start with WWE though. But to that point, even down to the tournament, the people who's in the tournament doesn't make sense. Like on collision, we we had Joe and Penta. Great match. We but it's gonna be mm-hmm. a great match because you got two veterans in there that know how to work and they're gonna give us what they got. But why is Penta in the world title tournament when he just lost to Orange Cassidy a week ago for the international title, but Orange Cassidy isn't in the world title tournament? It's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, why are some of these people in the tournament? And it's all Oh, let's go. Let's, are, are, we, are we going there right now? Because I, I, I got something prepared for this. You got, we, okay, we, so we going right there? Let me intro the pod. And okay. then let's... Uh, oh, let's, hey, let's everybody. Start, hey. Yeah, let's start there then. <laughs> Welcome to TFW Podcast. This is episode 64. That's freaking wrestling. Best kept secret in wrestling podcast. Y'all know who we are. Three the hard way. I am Matt. That is Ishan. That is Rhodesia. Shout out to our listeners and supporters of the pod. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys all the time. We were going to start with WWE, but... 
I think he's got a hot button mm-hmm. right now. He, he was pretty passionate right there. Yep. What you got, man? So I want to go through this tag team eliminator here, right? Because we're talking about how, you know, storylines and things matter and wins and losses matter and all those different things, right? And we got the most prestigious championship in AEW, right? The world champion, one of their hottest wrestlers in MJF. And I want to pull up a note because I took a picture of the card here. Okay. And uh, so in this tournament, we have Darby Allen, Nick Wayne. Let's go, Nick. Trent. Let's go. Roderick Strong, Penta, Jay Lethal, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. Those are the guys in the world eliminator. No, let's, let's, let's go with the official name because there's a big fancy name that we have for this thing. It's called the Grand Slam World Title Eliminator Tournament. What a strategic, what a prestigious. I can't get the word. I'm so, I'm, I'm so excited right now. Pre- oh, prestigious, prestigious title prestigious. for this tournament, right? But let's look at these competitors. Darby, Darby Allen just lost to the greatest TNT champion ever. In, uh, you talking Christian? Talking Christian Cage or Luchasaurus, depending on who okay. you ask, right? Yep. We got Nick Wayne. I, th- I think he lost his last championship. Oh, I mean, his, his last uh, match. And he just started a month ago. He's already the world title eliminator. Trent, that's my guy, man. I think Trent, he he like he needs like a manager or something, man. He just talks very strange when he has to open his mouth. Um, Roger Strong, I don't think he's even been on TV wrestling in quite some time. Um, and then we got Penta. Penta is Penta, right? I love me some Jay Lethal, but he's been more so relegated to like a, a tag team mm-hmm. uh, wrestler with uh, Jay. Then we got Samoa Joe, who is the ROH tag television champion. And then we got Jeff Hardy, who also has been losing left to right tags. So how does any of these guys deserve to be vying for a world championship match? So I think the only one that makes sense, if we're talking stories, is Roddy Strong. You are. He's the one that makes sense. Because your best friend, Adam, is the champion. I'm going to go through this tournament and show you I'm better than your best friend. Cool. I can work with that. Everybody else, they shouldn't be in it. Joe just lost his last high-profile match to CM Punk. Uh, I mean, we can just go down the list. And we know, okay, this is setting up for either Joe and MJF, which they had a hell of a segment on Dynamite this past Wednesday. Or it's Roddy and MJF. And they've been planting seeds for that for a month, month and a half. I'm cool with either one of those situations. It's the matter to your point of those other folks. Why is Trent in the world title eliminator tournament? The only thing I could think of is you need somebody who's going to get smashed. And and we talk about protecting other wrestlers. That's the only thing I could think of. Only thing I could think of. But what does that show for your title though? To me, that's the bigger slap slap in the face. If you want to say that is like, okay, so you're telling me that Moxley doesn't care about the world title. Orange Cassidy doesn't care about the world title. Swerve doesn't. Takeshita doesn't care about the world title. Swerve doesn't Hangman care about doesn't. the world title. Because this eliminator, no, no, this eliminator is only made for one of the one or two of these outcomes: Roddy Strong or Samoa Joe, like you said. So that everything else is just filler. But to me, you can't. That that's a slippery slope when you use your world title as the backdrop for that. No doubt. 
No doubt. I'm just saying because you asked, you know, why somebody like Trent in here. Well, that's why. This and I, 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 I think that I will put Trent in there before Roddy in there because Roddy hasn't wrestled on TV. What is the, what's, what's Roddy's the last match hot right had? now? But Roddy's hot right now. What, what, hot yep. as far as a character or as character. A, or as an in ring. That's Only what I'm character. talking about. Like I'm not like I get the storyline aspect why you would put him in there. And that's one of the things that you know if you're watching this show and you're trying to get people up to speed with mm-hmm. the show and you're talking about like oh why this person deserves to be in this title. He doesn't have a reason from a but from he, a physical. He doesn't like he just he comes does. out there and no no he, not, he because, not because he, not because he not because he this. That's I get talk about that we need to always have storylines. This we got a storyline here. I'm not no, going to okay, forget the, the storyline and just. This is a weak ass storyline, Rhodesia. This is a weak. So I I can come out. I can come out there. So don't get them. So I can go to I can go to Ar Fox's school tomorrow. Hop on TV. And I can run to the ring and smack MJF, and then next week I'm in the, I'm the no. world title limited so title. Saying, so you're saying for the last two months, what Roddy been putting in for character wise is the same example of what you just said that you're going to AR Fox School and then show yes. up the Okay, no, you don't I can't that. argue with that. I can't yes. argue with yes. that. Then. So, so, so y'all fall into the trap. Wins, losses don't matter. So, as long as they're a good character and they come out and make us laugh and they wear a stupid ass neck brace, that's all they need to do to be in a, in a world title eliminator, right? They ain't got to win matches. They ain't got wrestling matches for the past month. They ain't got to win the matches they've been in. He hasn't won a match. No, so he hasn't he, been in any matches. But if no, you're talking the, about the talk, story, talk about talk about two months ago when he actually wrestled a match, he lost his last two matches. But he is hot right now. Yeah, but he hasn't I mean, he lost can't. those last two matches since he's been okay. in the tournament. Yeah, I'll you, let y'all finish this one up. Well, you can't compare Roddy Strong to Trent. You just can't. Well, he, well, he at least he's been competitive, right? He, at least he's he been does, wrestling. This dude hasn't been in wrestling a, in months. Uh, but he's not in a feud with the world champion. That's why Roddy makes sense. He's in a feud with the ROH tag team champions and the world champion. So no matter what you're saying from that perspective, it makes sense for him to be in it. What I'm saying is some of those folks, it doesn't make sense for them to be in it. You can say, hey, for a story, it makes sense. You may say, like, I don't know why he's he doesn't deserve it. You can right. absolutely say he doesn't deserve it. Right, but absolutely. it makes sense. Trent being in that doesn't make sense. Nick Wayne being in that doesn't make no. sense. Penta being in that doesn't make sense. You can't because there's no story with any of them with MJF. So you're just like, why are you in here? And now that Joe had the story now from All Out and then Dynamite. Okay, his participation makes sense. But he doesn't deserve it either. He's lost Did all he, his big matches. I don't know if this was like a um, a callback outside of the show, but did it ever come up with the whole MJF being local talent back all those years ago in WWE? Did that come out like on TV? Yeah, and so Mojo they told that story. They did tell that? Dynamite, yep. Okay, okay, okay. I missed great, that. Okay. Great segment with Perfect. those two. I told Radish, I'm like, I just, I love MJF because he has like a hundred different origin stories and all of them can be like the origin story. If you look at why he was the person who he was and all of them in his origin story, I guess just like the Joker in Batman, you can sympathize with him of like, oh, I see why like he's an ass to everybody. Look, look what they did to him. And I thought they did another great job with that story. That's the match I want to see now more than anything else is Joe and MJF. It's just interesting how, how they got there. Like, they got to just be careful of who they put in these tournaments. They may look at it and say, hey, you guys are overthinking it. If you know the finish already is going to be either Roddy or Joe, it shouldn't matter who the other participants is. And I think it does. I think it really, really matters mm-hmm. because it shows the value of your title. 
But that's why no, I said it, that. No, it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter because you guys are saying that Roddy Strong doesn't have to win a match because he's entertaining. He can just be but in the Ishan, title. Okay, like, but it's, Ishan, it's all the same. Be, like, y'all, y'all can't talk on both sides. No, you go on the show every single two, twice a week. Some, mm-hmm. Two times on Sundays, one time on Sundays, and you sit up here and say that I'm not engaged to this because there's not a storyline to it. Wrestling is all about storylines. You have yeah. probably a, a, a very hot storyline. Every time I see Roddy on my screen, I'm cracking up. Are you telling me that he doesn't deserve to be in an eliminator? Well, I, I like good stories, and and like what he can do that's, that's is actually put. Then. And that's, they actually they actually can give me a reason to why he should be in the turn. Like let him wrestle in Orange Cassidy and win. Okay, now okay, boom. Now it makes sense for him to be in the, t- the title, the, the limited words. He doesn't really. He hasn't won anything to be in there. This is what I I'm talking he, about. But, it's, but it's, neither has Trent though, because like, but, but you can't use exa- as the example. I'm talking about no, Trent is the example when Trent is not in a story to the world title. Now, if you, you guys are somebody else, hey, feel free. To I, I, else. I love that you guys love Roddy in there and hope he wins. I don't care about Trent. I don't care about. It. I'm talking about the entire people in this ring. It's not just about Trent. Like the only person that's the, the, the only person that's more credible in this whole entire t- uh, tournament is Samoa Joe. That's the only person that's credible. Everyone else has a horrible win loss record, and they haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I except, except for except for Roddy's just you know he's just entertaining. But no, he's in his story with them. So to you, to Radiz's point, you can't say like we need stories, and now this is the story of AEW with Roddy. MJF and Adam Cole, and now you're like, but he hasn't beat anybody to be in the tournament. But but is, that's your story. T- take take the belt off MJF, and if he's just fighting to win a tournament to fight MJF, but he's high, so I, that's cool. But this we're talking about the world heavyweight championship that Nick Wayne's in. So it's it's more in the totality of people than it is just picking on Roddy Strong. So like if everybody else, so say say if this tournament was Kenny Omega to catch the uh John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Ricky Starks, and hell say if CM Punk was still there, CM Punk. And then you put Roddy in it, what you're saying is completely valid. You're like, one don't go there. That he doesn't even no, he he's not even on that level. But when you have people like Trent, like Nick Wayne, like Penta, they're all basically the same. They're all grouped. At least at least Roddy has a story. That, that's all. He has a story too. You may not like. He's the, the story. only one besides Joe in this whole. I wrote down. I think like six names here. He's the only one that has the story. So then your whole beef should be about just how we got here to an eliminator, anyways. Not that exactly. Was, that okay. That so exactly that's, is then that's, it. Then that's the argument. But you can't argue that Roddy Strong shouldn't be in it. He he's shouldn't the only be in one, it. He's he's top one, top two of the only people that should be in it because of the storyline. Be because of the story. Because right. of the storyline. No, of the I mean, yeah, of course not. He's a joker. Now speaking speaking of story, you said you had something that you wanted to bring up from a story perspective on the WWE side. What was that? So I was watching SmackDown, right? And I'm I'm sitting here and I'm watching it. And, you know, Jimmy's doing this thing. And I kind of like it. I kind of don't, right? Like he's, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and and matter Mm -hmm. of fact, one thing I will say, it looks like Jimmy is, he's getting back in better shape, which I think is great. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like he's getting back in better shape. So it's like he's preparing for a nice little run here. Uh, he had a lot of segments. And I'm just a little confused as as a viewer. I'm like, okay, he wants to be out the, the bloodline, but then he wants to get back in. He wants Jay to not, you know, uh, you know, become Roman. And then, by, but he's back with Roman. I'm, like, I just, I'm, I'm a little confused of exactly what's happening. And I'm starting to check out a little bit. 
But I was listening to a little bit of the scuttle booty online and there's a little bit of discord. And it was like, well, here's the thing. You can't say the storyline is bad because it hasn't finished yet. Like, right. We don't know Jimmy's true objective. We don't know where it's going. Like, Mm -hmm. let them tell their story and then say if it's good or bad or not. Right. So my question was like, all right, well, that's I think there's a point on both sides. Like, right. Is the storyline bad? Or is it incomplete? Before I toss it over to you guys, because for me as a viewer, when I'm starting to watch something, if I start, if it's if something's not making sense or I'm not into it, regardless if it's finished or not, I stop watching because I got other stuff to do. Then for them to wait to see if it's going to make sense in the end, right? I wasted a lot of time not being entertained or being frustrated before the ending of this story to make the the wait to the end to see if it makes sense or not. So for you guys, is it a bad storyline or is it incomplete? So for you, what, what's, what's your answer? Bad story or incomplete? I think it's both. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know what? It's, it's so funny. Like, no. Because that, that's, that's flawed thinking to say, like, we know a bad story. It doesn't have to be finished. How many times we watch a movie, we say, this movie sucks 30 minutes mm-hmm. in. Movie's yeah. not done, but you, mm-hmm. you can tell. You're like, oh, no, this ain't it. So I think that's flawed to say, like, oh, we have to wait until the story's complete to be able to tell if it's a good story or not. No, we don't. Only bail I can shoot them is to me the story's been good for two plus years. Story sucks right now. It does. I'm excited for Jay because of the possibilities on Raw, not because of anything they really shown yet. We'll see, of course, what they what they do, you know, tomorrow and in a, a few weeks. They have an opportunity to do some really fun things. To me, I feel like the Jimmy thing is dead in the water already. You you were the one that kicked Roman. So now they didn't kick you out, so you're down to be back in. That that just that story doesn't make sense. That's a bad story. So it's possible to have bad chapters inside of a story, right? And that's right now, this story, mm-mm, I'm not feeling it. On, on SmackDown, I'm watching and I'm like, this isn't intriguing to me because you, haven't, you have yet to answer the question of, because you started by saying you don't want your brother turning into where Roman is. That's how you started by saying you cost him the title. But now you want to be back down with him. That just doesn't make sense. You have, they haven't done any winks to the camera on oh he's trying to get back in to destroy the bloodline from within but even if he did that you would still say you had your opportunity to do it before you super kick roman so for me i'm going to still shoot them some bail because it's been good for so long but if it wasn't three years of awesome television for me i'd be like man it, this this is kind of jumped the shark i was actually going to say before you said ishan could it be a bit of both because of the equity they've built in my heart with this whole storyline, I want to say that it doesn't suck. I want to just say it's incomplete. But I think if I take that emotion away, I think I probably would say that this sucks right now. Because for now, two, three showings, so two SmackDowns in a Raw, I'm left scratching my head like I still don't understand what's going on. And you haven't thrown me a bone yet to say, hey, this is this is the situation. So I'm still kind of like perplexed. Of, confu- confused is what I am. I'm still mm-hmm. confused. and mm-hmm. so. I think if I wasn't so invested in this, I probably would say, oh, this sucks. This is terrible. Get this off my screen. But because they have done me good so for so long, I'm just going to say I'm confused. So I guess that'd be closest to incomplete. We saw uh, Jimmy and AJ in the main event of SmackDown. I a lot of online talk about people who really want to see an AJ and Roman feud. I don't. 
I completely don't want to see that. Um, I still think AJ's ice cold. I don't care anything that he's doing. I, I do find it really, really amusing that his group is like, look, dude, we told you not to get in that bloodline mess. You can't be mad at us because, yep. <laughs> because you got jumped. We told you not to fuck with him. I thought that was great. But do y'all care about at all a Roman AJ feud right now? As constructed this very second, no. But I'm just thinking about the last time we went to a WWE show and AJ came out and how the crowd loved him. There's still, I guess, something that's there. I feel he's completely ice cold, but there gotta be something that's there. If you could build AJ to what AJ was before when he first started in WWE, absolutely, I'll be there for it. But right now, I think that just make the bloodline storyline suck even more. It's all filler until they get to the next, you know, point in their story. And I, I would imagine that once Roman returns, he's going to add the star power and the charisma is going to, you know, be good again to see him interact with everyone. Right. I'm here for it. I mean, I'm not sure what else is next for on that show for Roman, for any of them. Um, I think AJ, I'm not hot on AJ, but I think he's one of those wrestlers that's like plug and play. Yeah. Like the crowd knows who he is. They respect him. Like, you know, unlike Roger Strong, you know, you can plug him into a world championship match and he and, and it makes sense. Like, right? Like he's he's somebody oh, oh, the wait. crowd believes in. AJ and Styles? Like, yeah. You can plug okay. him in play. Okay. Yeah. I ain't doing this with you today. <laughs> Come on. I tell you, I tell you what I was here for. I I got the little nice feelings what? in my belly. In your belly, uh, Heyman. That's bubblegum. L.A. Night. Well, it could be that too. That's probably right now. <laughs> too many drinks last night. Um, the Heyman, L.A. Night segment on SmackDown. Oh, buddy. Oh, oh my goodness. Shame on me. Shame on me. I didn't see it. Got to break it down for me. What happened? Long story short, Heyman's in the office talking to the GM, and then L.A. Night comes in just, just after his match, saying he wants a match with the Miz, and uh. Heyman's just like, hey, we haven't proper, I haven't properly introduced myself to you. I'm Paul Heyman. Um, just got to tell you, though, when I'm in here, you need to stay out until I'm done. Woo. And then uh, he's like, you got it? And, of course, they played off of the yeah thing. And then, you know, Ellie Knight gets right in Heyman's face and hits him with, like, a slow yeah. And then Heyman kind of cowers down a little bit. And then, yeah. So I thought that was really, really cool. I was like, man, that's awesome. I like it. I like it a lot. Another another good week for LA Knight. They're, they're doing him right. It sounds like he allegedly is about to or has already signed a long-term deal with WWE. Good, good for him. And, you know, we talked about it uh, last week that he is now slated to be the top babyface on SmackDown. It's working for him. Yeah. It's for him. Yep, it's really, really working for him. So that was cool. I also am here for EO and Asuka. We're finally getting that match in two weeks <laughs> on SmackDown. Would uh, I would have loved for it to be on pay-per-view but i'm yeah. going to assume the pay-per-view is something including with charlotte but they've done a, a really got a really good job over the last few weeks of putting main matches on tv we had gable and gunther main event raw we had the steel cage match or not the steel cage match but we had uh the move even though the match wasn't good but we had that they had the move trish and becky to the raw show when we thought it was going to be on SummerSlam, and now this one so going to, like I said, I think is is involving some with Charlotte, but this match I've been asking for for a very long time. Yep. So are y'all giving 
Oscar any chance of beating EO before the pay-per-view? I'm I'm just so excited that we're gonna see this that I didn't even think about how this is gonna end. I'm just excited about what we have in store, potentially what we have in store with the, both of them. Um, I remember we were talking about on the last pod about it had something to do with like strikes. I think maybe E made a comment that one of the guys, some of the strikes that they do compared to the women. And I'm I was listening back and I'm like, but man, I remember Asuka in NXT in her strong style. EO, same way too, NXT. And it's like they came to WWE, kind of got a little bit lighter on it. Um, but if they can give me what I think they can give me, my God. How do you guys think about the presentation of uh, EO as champion? You think you're doing a good job? So she's been champ now for about a, I guess month, going right? a month, right? About a month. Yeah. No, not. I mean, she's kind of lost. She's lost in the shuffle. She's lost with damage control. And then she's lost in the Charlotte, Oscar of it all type situation. So, no, I'm happy she has the belt, but she hasn't really done anything yet in this month. You know, you know what her title run is reminding me of? Like those uninspired title runs they would give like uh, like Rey Mysterio back in the day or. Uh, this guy's like that to where, you know, like the, 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 the previous champion was obvious focus of the division of, uh, of the show. Mm-hmm. And then when that, those guys got the champion, they they weren't the focus. They weren't the focus of the division or the show. Right. It was someone else. And that's why I feel like with EO right now, she doesn't seem to be even the focus of what's going on with the women's division right now. That's the same way with Tony Storm when she was champion. Yeah. It was more focused on Soraya and the Outcast alone. She wasn't mm-hmm. even the leader of her mm-hmm. own group. And yeah. then it feels like it feels like with this story that they pivoted because a couple months ago we all just knew like oh the the finale of this is going to be Bailey and EO either you know for the Money in the Bank briefcase some type of strife there when she wins the title she's going to cost her whatever we thought that was it and then they like slowly pivoted away from that and now they're going to this. So I also think that's part of it too. I I, I don't know if this was the planned on story mm. from that's uh, a from, good point. From, from the jump. That's a good point because you're right. Cause I remember a lot of that kind of silent tension, not even tension, yeah. but Bailey about to set her up. Yeah. Bailey about to Bailey set her up about, and I didn't get you know, that feeling yeah, at all lately. Nope. So they, I think they kind of like switched a little bit, which is interesting. So whatever. Uh, other thing I was here for, from SmackDown was uh, the Suit Profits and Bobby confronting Judgment Day. I am here for that. I don't know, like, who's the heels, who the baby faces are. I don't know any of that. So whatever. They'll, they'll figure it out. But it was a really cool optic. And Dom, you got to figure it out, brother. Dom was trying so hard not to laugh. He was staring. At it's like, dude. And he, was look- he wasn't even looking at him in the eyes. He, he was looking at him like right in his forehead and he's got that little stupid smirk on his face. And then afterwards they started jawing back and forth. So then the smiles kind of came, but he was trying to hold it together. It's like, come on down. You gotta be better than that dude. But yeah, was, he was laughing during the heat. He was getting, like, he said, he, hey, he's having a good time. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. He's having a good time right now. Is that something that intrigues you guys? Incites you is the, uh, the soup profits of Bobby in judgment day. Anytime you could push the street profits, absolutely. Especially if they to, are going to be a little bit more edgier. 
than what they were before. So absolutely, I'm down for that. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a def I'm a fan of uh, all six men. I would like to see more of the Edge mm-hmm. with the Bobby and Street Profit connection. Um, maybe they're gonna add an extra wrinkle to that dimension pretty soon. But yeah, I'm definitely for it. I forgot to bring this up last week. I had it, and I I don't know if I just I just I just forgot whatever. So I'll bring it up now. And I saw it online. I hadn't before I had thought this, I hadn't seen it anywhere. So last week, Damien gets his new Money in the Bank briefcase. Senior Money in the Bank is purple. Mm-hmm. The first thing I thought is this is the end. This is how the end of Finn and Damien Priest are going to come to a head. And I think Finn Balor has that original Money in the Bank briefcase somewhere. And they have a video right after Raw where you see Finn take the uh, contract out. They put it in the purple briefcase. They close it up. They laugh, and it's all good. I think uh, Priest is going to go to cash in that money in the briefcase, briefcase somehow, some way. We figure out the contract's not in it. Finn has the contract. <laughs> and the reason why I think that so much is because JD was the one that gave Priest that briefcase. JD was brought to this entire fold by Finn Balor. Now, now the the issue with that is every year, are we just going to say, oh, just steal the briefcase from the person now? It's right, contract. exactly. Maybe they'll, they'll figure it out just like they, they figured out not having Brock on TV for months and him still winning the championship when it's supposed to be a 30-day defense clause and Roman being gone for months. So that, I'm sure they'll figure that out. But when I saw that, I was like, that's how we get to the end of those two in Judgment Day. Is that something that you guys would, would like? I like how your brain works. I never would have thought that. Isn't the briefcase just a formality? Isn't isn't the fact of the matter is that Damian Priest can at any moment get a title shot? Nobody's ever flipped out and changed a briefcase before. That's never happened. So that's a new precedent, <laughs> right? And then every single time they cash in their title shot, they hand over the briefcase. But I think only one time we actually saw a paper inside of the briefcase, right? Probably around the stuff time. When he had it, Maybe. I, yeah, but they I've don't never seen like, yeah, I've never seen the inside of it besides the one we got from Money in the Bank years ago. Uh, that'd be fun. I don't like lazy booking type stuff. I think, you know, in a in the simple world, I like that. However, this different, like said, like you said, we talked about it privately. Like so, you're saying that every year, like I can just, you know, so send your money to break uh, money in the bank wins the the briefcase, and then you know, like I said, I graduate from AR Fox's school, I show up backstage, hit him over the back of the head with a bat, I run out with the briefcase, slide in, I just cash in, right? And I'm this new champion, so everyone can just steal the briefcase and they can just win, right? Well, we don't know what's inside the briefcase, but I would assume that it was some kind of contract inside of there that somebody would have signed. Right. So if there's a contract in there, it was just blank and they sign right before they go out or what, what's, what's in there that, that, that legally binds them to get this shot. I think that's what I would like to know. It. I think the name is on it. If I, I can't remember, cause I, I want to say they showed it in the video. I think maybe Dame, I think Priest's name is on it. If I'm not mistaken, it was, I don't, I don't, there wasn't a signature that I can remember. So what if? So how about what if in the contract it mentions if the winner of the briefcase freely gives up the briefcase, 
that's just like them giving up their opportunity. Because how many times have we seen in wrestling? All right, here's the opportunity. You can, um, we're going to have a match for my money in the bank title opportunity. You know what I'm saying? What if it's something in that contract that actually says, if you freely give up your briefcase, you are forfeiting your briefcase. I'm here for it. I I, I think, yeah, I, I think that would be some fun things. You have to think about what that looks like next year, but. I was like, yeah, I think that's going to happen. And I saw they just have to, they have to make it make sense. Like, it's, if, if they can make like, I like the thought of it. They have to just make mm-hmm. it make sense where it's not just, you know, in social intelligence. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, y'all got any other quick hits for WWE before we move on to AEW? Nope, we covered them all for me. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, some sad news for me. Brian, it looks like this is legit. Cut a promo on Collision last night talking about uh, his daughter is six, and he told her he started wrapping up his wrestling career when she turned seven. And I think Sports Illustrated like confirmed around sources that uh, this is legit that he's looking he's looking to finish it up his entering career in the next twelve months. Mm. It's like damn man already. So of course we'll appreciate him while we have him. Where do you guys say if he has a, a hell of a last year like we know he probably will? Him and Zack Saber are gonna kill each other here at Russell dream in October. Where do you put him at on your top wrestlers of all time list? He's definitely top 10. I... Okay. Definitely. Top would you go 10. as far? Would you go as far as top five? Um, so, you know, I got a couple characters in my list, so it's not just the in ring, but I, I love what, Brian's done in the last, I want to say, maybe six years of his career, like mm-hmm. from a character standpoint. So he'll no, definitely years, be. Because right? if we go WrestleMania 30, the Yes movement, that was such a big thing. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. 30. We're on WrestleMania 40 now this year. So you're talking about 10 years. Yeah. So 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely he'll be up He'll be up there on my list. I don't know if he'll be in my top five, but he'll definitely be up high on my list. And whenever he decides to hang it up, it'll be a sad day for me because, um, you know, I'll miss seeing his contributions to wrestling. So now knowing that we only have him for a year, what is some must-haves you feel like? I don't care how we get there. I don't care how you do it. Tony Khan, AEW, this is what we have to see in these next 12 months. Is there anything you guys have? No, because I'm just I'm thinking of do you want to put him in a title picture? knowing good and well he's leaving soon so then now the fans know he's leaving soon so we know that there's a a deadline coming up i don't know if i want that necessarily just to give him a championship but if that's what he wants then i think he deserves it so i think at this point whatever brian wants in the last of his career they should give it to him by hook crook has he wrestled kidney yet he has the title match on dynamite uh, but they were supposed to run it back. That was the rumor that was going to be the match at All In before he hurt himself. Hmm. So I, we got to see that. We got to see mm-hmm. that again. Um, that might be probably the only thing. Him going against Kenny. I mean, I want I want a world title run. I do because I think that would that would be good for business. I mean, now knowing that he they're going even with the story on TV that I'm winding down. Maybe it's not as much, but even a couple years ago when he was on this. I'm just here to have incredible matches. I don't need to be champion. I get you may not want to be champion, but business metrics, I got to. I need to put the belt on you because that's going to help business. And, you know, Tony just never did it. I, w- I would love to see that. 
but I think probably just a all-time classic match again with Kenny is kind of like, all right, we got to get to there. I don't care how you do it. We got to get to that. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing him win the world championship and retire as champion, right? I don't think we've ever seen that before. I don't think so. Not really. That would be, uh, there'd be some tears in the crowd, I'm sure, mm-hmm. if that yeah. was to happen. The champion usually, they usually, you know, drop the title and, you know, pass it off, pass the torch to somebody. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, retire as champion. That'd be kind of the hook. Like, hey, is he gonna? Is this going to be his last match? Does he retire as champion or does he pass the title off, right? And I think that if they book it strong enough to make you really believe that he can, you know, win and leave, mm-hmm. it'd be, it'd mm-hmm. be, a, it'd add a lot of drama to the match. And then too, like I, when I, I heard we, he talked about it in the scrum. He talked about this whole thing of retiring and what that looks like. And they even asked him, like, "Hey, so what does your backstage role look like if that's the case?" And he's like, "We can make it work. You know, I just got to balance family and all that." But like I said last night, like, okay, I understand, I get it for sure. But you are still only working one day a week. Like, is it that important to? And now that one day a week is potentially on Saturday. So, like, do you have to still retire? Do you, like, do you still have to give this up? It's not like you're on the road four times a week. Like, in essence, in a perfect world, you're still going to be there for all your, you know, kids, you know, things for the school. special things. All that kind of stuff. And then you, you go hit collision on Saturday and come back. I think the question then would be for somebody like a Brian, who probably is a, a perfectionist when it comes to wrestling. There's probably no probably about it. How long is his body hurting for after a show? Those kind of things. How long does it take to get him mentally prepared? If that's all consuming, then maybe Mm -hmm. he probably would still need to retire. Because could you imagine somebody, rest in peace, like a Kobe, only working a little bit? He's still going to be, he's still going to be seven days a week of watching footage, watching video. He still won't be there, maybe playing once a week, you know? So that's what I'm thinking. Maybe Brian, if he, it's like either he's all in wrestling or he's retired. Hmm. But, you know, either way, I hope that if, if he retires, I'd like him to stay on as, you know, creative. Yeah. You know, if his creative mind is as big as everyone says, I'd love to see him continue on in that capacity. We definitely need more creative and brilliant minds on the creative side of any promotion. Right. Collision was pretty good again last night. I mean, anybody that had a worry that, oh, man, if Punk is not here, it's downhill. I I think they were they did good enough to where they calmed any of those nerves that no their formula they have is still is still right. And let me get the sounder ready. Who came back yesterday? (laughs) My girl. Come on now. Jay Cargill. Come on now. How good was it to see her back? (laughs) Loved it. She couldn't contain her excitement either. She smiled a couple of times. I was like, that's that's cool. That is super cool. Um, there was some talk. I had, I was having a conversation with some people on X last night and they were upset that she's back into the TBS title fold. They, they thought she should have been propelled into the world title picture. And I'm okay with her being in the TBS title picture right now, because one, you have a built in story of, I never got a rematch. That's my title. Get that. That's going to help Statlander. She picked Statlander to put over when she went on her hiatus. So that's, that's cool. Uh, but I just don't think she fits right now with what they're doing with Soraya, the Outcast, Tony Storm, that that story. I don't want her getting lost. And then I, I don't really know if that's even a story you want to tell Soraya and Jade. So are you guys okay with her being back in the TBS championship title first? Let me let me ask you guys that. No. 
period. But the alternative right now, I don't want us wasting such a beautiful presence, energy, ch- character, like a Jade, like you said, in that Soraya outcast situation. Don't even don't even put her over there. Don't devalue her stock. Not saying that anything body can devalue her stock, but don't put her over there. But no, I am mad that she's not coming back as for the world championship. But right now, the world champion, I don't think that I want to see that. No, I'm I'm okay with it because as you said, like there's already a story with the world championship right now. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to, as you said, get her to get lost in that. Let her come back and do her own thing. Because it only makes sense and it's natural that she will go after the TBS championship and try to, you know, get her uh, revenge back on Chris, right? Because Chris mm-hmm. came back in a vulnerable moment for her, right? Beat her for the yep. championship. And her story is like, hey, if I was 100%, you would have never did that. So let's run this back. And so that's not to say that, you know, if she becomes the TBS champion, you know, maybe we get a TBS champion versus world championship match somewhere down the line. This just allows them to continue to have more stories and more meaningful stories in that women's division. Because we all say that, right? We all say we need to have more women mm-hmm. on the show. So this is a way to do that. You know, you got Soraya doing her thing. You got Jay doing her thing. And at some point, boom, we get them you know, uh, together again. Maybe for a unification match. Maybe a winner takes all. Who knows? But I'm I'm definitely here for it. So Be then, cool. so then, second question is then. So are we both? Are we all picking Jay to beat Chris for the belt? Because I think Statlander probably needs that win more than Jay needs that win. But then that's a tough pill to swallow. I'm worried about the booking. That's a tough pill to swallow if she loses to Chris and it's like, okay, now where? Now, now what does she do? If but as we see with that. the world title eliminator, they can throw her in a world title eliminator for Soraya after Grand Slam and she can win that and then we're off to the races. And, and better for you guys, just put a neck brace on her and make make you laugh a couple of times. Woo! And, Woo! And, and we all good. All I'm saying yeah. is going, going forward, I don't want to hear you ever say that you a Roddy Strong fan anymore. I ain't never said I was. Okay. Just say, you ain't got to worry about that. that. Episode, what is it, 60? 64? 69? Or something like that, yep. All right. I'm well, marking I mean, that down well, right but, now. But it is, that is a great parallel to Jay deserves a title shot because the story is there. It's the same parallel to Roddy should be in the title picture with MJF because there's a story there. Oh. He, doesn't the he doesn't we, see it that Because way. we can say the same thing. I mean, Jay ain't beat nobody since she lost the title. She was def- and they don't do. They she, don't do she, rematches. She never. She never got a rematch. And they do. Do they do? They absolutely do rematches. That was the case. Orange Cassidy should have got his rematch before Ar Fox. Okay. First off, and before I wait, no, they gave, we said this like when... Action Andretti. They gave a shot to Action Andretti. <laughs> First off, well, no, because he beat Jericho. Remember, that's the reason why they said it in commentary. That's a year the, ago, he your... <laughs> But listen, 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 listen. I had another question, but I'm a I'm a segue just for one quick second. Uh, I said on the last pod, I better not see Orange Cassidy for at least two weeks. He starts least, the show. Says, at least he didn't wrestle. At least he didn't wrestle. <laughs> but he said he's going to be here. Still wrestle, he said they told him to go home. I said no. <laughs> and he just left. I thought that was kind of a strange way to start the show, though. Yeah, you guys think that was strange? It, well, it felt like uh, for me, like, hey, you started like our last like 50 shows mm. as champ. Just go out there again and 
started, okay. even though you don't have the title. That that's in, that's that's what it came across to me as. Like, okay, all right. So my question before I got hype about Orange, I don't think we asked this on the pod. Where do we see and how long until Soraya drops the title? Where do we see this going and how long until she drops it? I personally uh, think it's a short run, but that's just she, my feeling. You don't, you don't drop that title until you get to Mercedes and Soraya for the title. And you talk about built-in story, you ended my career. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if that's not the end game, what are we even doing here? Yeah. So that's my answer. All right. I don't know, guys. I mean, with this women's, I'm, I'm kind of on the wait and see with this one because, you know, Tony Storm won the championship. Out of nowhere, she loses to, to, to Sheeta. Sheeta very quickly loses to Soraya. And now she has, I, I don't know what the, the time expectancy on these women champions are right now because they're they're flipping that title very very quickly. I don't know if this was all all along to get it to Zaria and they had they they wanted to have a a, a face for her to to, to pin. I don't mm-hmm. know, but I'm kind of waiting to see. I don't know where they're going with this one. At least with the TBS championship and when Jay had it, it was like a consistent thing. But I don't know, guys. I don't mind Tony I- losing to Sheeta because. I just wasn't liking Tony's run, and I I felt that was like I should appreciate her as a She's champion. Over run now, yeah, and and I think that that opened her up to being able to be this Tony Storm that she is now. So I'm okay with her losing to Sheeta, but you're right, it was drop drop. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you are willing to not say compromise. You're willing to buy the time, however long it is, until Mercedes come back and maybe have a champion that maybe everybody's not behind. Well, she's a heel, so they shouldn't be behind her anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that that's that. I was gonna, we were gonna talk about. I want to deep dive it, so let's move this to Wednesday. The Swerve Hangman promo segment. I kind of want to deep dive that and really get your guys' thoughts on that. So let's move that to Wednesday. My last question for this pod: uh, Word comes out that uh, Young Bucks got word or they thought to themselves or who to whoever people around them that they would not take a meeting with CM Punk until CM Punk had no issues backstage or wherever for six months. And then after six months, if they went that long without having any issues, we can sit down and have a conversation. What? I do not want, I do not want to preface this by leading you guys a certain way, but you are alleged EVPs executive vice president and you are saying you're not going to sit down with a talent to resolve issues until that said talent has shown great behavior for six months from a issue that stemmed a year ago are you guys okay with the young buck saying what they said or are you not okay with it this information is incomplete it was a question earlier today was bad or incomplete it's incomplete mm-hmm. here i st- we're still not privileged to what really happened. So what if it's a situation was it, it was so bad. It was legal matters. Maybe young buck said, you know what? We're not going to press charges, um, but keep punk away from us. Then also you mentioned the EVP title. I almost felt like I thought EVPs was one thing, but then toward the time when Cody was leaving, I was maybe told or under the assumption that EVPs wasn't as, as high as ranking as I thought they were. So 
I just think this is all incomplete. But if this is true, that Young Bucks wouldn't talk to Punk for six months, either one Punk is completely off the rails and is like, no, nah, keep him away from us, or they are a little bit immature. You know, that's actually a good point, Rhodesia. We don't we don't know everything that happened and what was said, you know, behind closed doors, because not everything was reported. Which is strange, right? Everything gets reported. Um, but you know, I'm raised old school. Like, right, like if I got a problem with you or something, either we gonna talk it out or we gonna fuck it out. One of the two. I'm not gonna dance around or be incomplete for somebody else's behalf, right? At some point, we gotta, it has to be a resolution. And I think back in the day, you listen to a lot of old timers when they chime in on all of this. It's like, man, this would have been handled differently if this was like 15 years ago or 10 years ago. Uh, I think that overall, and this is just not getting to people, um, but I think nowadays there's definitely, I think, a softness in the world. Like, like you got to be on your best behavior for six months for me to talk to you so we can resolve something. Like, that just, that just doesn't make sense to me. Crazy How, talk. It's just it's like, and as a, somebody who has to show up, right? So now, every time I go to these events and we're together, it's like a thing, right? Like, you got to avoid me. I got to avoid you. Like, just for me and just for my mental state, I wouldn't be able to be at my best in that type of situation. I would need to get it off my chest, right? So at the same time, they can say, hey, I'm past it, right? But you're not because if you can't talk about it, right? If you can't, if you're not willing to resolve or come to a conclusion, then you ain't past it. You there still you hold on to it in some type of way, right? Yep. So I think for the best of the company, and this is the problem when we talk about um, like leadership, like, and, and again, as Rhodesia said, it makes perfect sense. We said it like from a legality aspect, we don't exactly know what the parameters were, but let's just take that to the side. Cause we don't know that. But let's just talk about what we know from leadership and team building and an organization standpoint. Like it doesn't make sense that your top guys can't communicate, be in the same room together right and, and, and like people have had egos and had problems forever in wrestling right and there was always leadership in the locker room at the head that kind of was able to make it be a business because you at the end of the day sean and brett they ain't like each other they hate each other at some point right but they were working they, did they were working they did business so at the end of the day you couldn't get these men to do business right for the good of your business like it just crazy it mind it's mind-boggling to me and that's why, like, and we know, like, some of these stories could be incomplete, but that hit and that was allegedly accurate. That to me, that's that that can't happen. That just can't happen. And you're the EVPs. That can't happen. And you talk about it. Seems like every week we we sit here and we talk about like AEW needs like that strong arm person in the locker room, that bad guy. Because Tony's not a bad guy, and that's fine. Everybody that's has fine. that right hand man. That's that's cool. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They have two right now under contract. Big Show. And Mark Henry. Yes. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to nope. go up to Big nope. Show Neither or one Mark of them. Henry. And they've been around the business. I am sure everybody respects them to the utmost degree. They're there. Now, they, maybe they don't want that. Maybe they don't want it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, man, they could have easily gotten this done. Now, y'all going to sit down. And we know, you know, you talk about legalities point, Rhodesia. But we know there's no restraining orders. In, in in place because then there were times where they were still on the same show together so y'all but sometimes with a restraining order though you can get like certain 
I call it a caveat, but asterisk that says, if you have to go to this place, this is the situation and you still can't do such and such. I've filed a couple of restraining orders, so I kind of know how that works. So, but there is parts in the restraining order that you could do that. But would like again, share, uh, would you like to share who you file restraining orders on? No, I don't. But, um, I guess I go back, I go back to just saying that either Punk did something completely off the walls and that makes sense of why then Tony said he was fearful for his life or the Bucks was just really immature or both. Well, well but that six month thing had nothing to do with having it all in. But I'm just saying, so though. He just I'm didn't just get saying. past the six months. <laughs> I mean, but that's also a thing, too. Like, damn, Punk, you can't be on your best behavior for six months. I mean, he, he started off with, the, with throwing <laughs> shots, right? Like, so he was... That time he yeah, kept resetting the time almost every week. Right, right, right. He the time, so they were yeah, like, oh, he was, nope, now we got yep, six he was resetting oh, time. Nope, yeah. yeah, he was resetting <laughs> time all along. But you know what, man? You made a good point, and like it, you think about, and I don't want to disrespect any of the veterans and people that have that in that company because, as you said, they got a big show. You got Mark Henry because you and I listen to Mark Henry very often on Busted Open, and specifically to hear his commentary on what's going on. And he doesn't say a whole lot, right? about it and i get it from a company standpoint he like look i can't say too much to y'all right and yeah it's just some trust and some legal it's like he don't want to spill too much of the beans too mm-hmm. but like you think about a billy gun like billy gun also i heard was a no-nonsense type of guy too back well, in the day and he's big he's and he's knowledgeable yeah. you got like they have a lot of guys to where you would think will be in positions to kind of know mediate things right yep but maybe as you said maybe they don't want that that responsibility like right maybe they don't want to be that main guy so they need to instill main guys right that's what jim ross was for vince man for a lot of years he's there but you know at jim's at jim didn't like that role he's he's talked about it he didn't like that type of job he thought it was thankless and he's at that age so he probably really doesn't want that stress especially dealing with these new kids these new kids are different from the old guys that he was dealing with man when dealing with those cool jeans right um that's why you had john laurinitis he was also one of those guys like hey kid yeah it's not working out maybe we try again you know so good hey hey punk you're an asshole on tv again hey come Let's on back. Home couple- hey, come on back mm-hmm. you know we're gonna sit you home for a couple months it won't don't worry you know, about it it's all good Yo, we need some of those guys, man. Hey, listen, I, I don't know if it's a joke. My boy, um, G-R-I-X. Follow <laughs> him on name. Twitter. You say his name. Follow him on Twitter. <laughs> say his name. If you like wrestling mods, check out his Patreon. Um, but he had hit, me, hit us up with uh, Josh Barnett. You know, legit tough guy, UFC fighter, respected wrestler. Um, Josh, I don't know who was tongue in cheek. He went on Twitter and had some commentary. It's like, yo, Tony, if you need somebody, I'm here for you. I mean, it's people out there for him. People out there for him for sure. And he'll learn. Once again, we talked about it. he'll learn from this. Um, the learning, I honestly could be don't bring in anybody that has any potential issues instead of actually hitting this head on and saying when we have issues, we're gonna sit down and talk it out as grown men and we're gonna make money from it. But we'll see. You know, we we will see. Um, that is it for this show, guys. If this was a sports podcast, I would go another 30 minutes talking about the Lions victory <laughs> against the Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. Woo-woo. From Thursday. But it's not. 
But we are 1-0. We are winning the division. So excited for that. We got the best Eshan, record in the league. Eshan and Rhodesia, just real quick. Give me what you saw over the last week that was fantastic, wrestling-wise. Anything that speaks out to you from last Raw, last SmackDown, Dynamite, Collision. Just Jade returning. That was a big Hey, we're going to get into it on the next podcast. My man, Square Show. Everybody, what's up? Put everybody on notice that, look, the future Black World Champion is on arrival. And I do have a parting line from Heyman on SmackDown. What he said. He was talking to AJ. He said, Don't you got enough problems in your life? And just the way he said it, he sounded like an old black man talking to talking to a young boy. I loved it. (laughs) That is hilarious. Yeah, like we would definitely talk that Wednesday because there's a couple layers to that promo. There's a couple layers to the presentation of both of them that I really want to kind of get into. And that segment I think was the only segment where viewership went up. Oh wow! From like so, like people looked at that as a really, really big deal. So I do want to definitely hit that. All right, guys. Uh, social media, we are all there. Make sure you hit us up on X, on Instagram at that's F and W. We are on YouTube at that's freaking wrestling. And then uh, we'll also talk about. Uh, we'll be on a other podcast which we'll give that information out on Wednesday show because that podcast is going to drop on Thursday. So shout out to Parallax and everybody over there doing some good stuff. So we'll talk about that. We have reported that podcast. Really, really good conversation. Two hours plus kind of just about our fandom, just current events in the wrestling world, how we got to be wrestling fans. Really, really, really cool pod with Ryan. So we'll talk about that and anything else that comes up in the next 48 hours or so. That is all we have for you guys. Thank you guys for listening. As always, we will talk to you on Wednesday. Peace.